Here we go again, boys and girls. It's the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Another week of wrestling. There was some good, there was some bad. There was some stuff that I'm sure we'd all love to forget. And some things that nobody saw, a.k.a. the TNA Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Jason, how are you doing today? And is there any particular thing in the world of wrestling that has got you by the uh, short hairs wanting to talk about right off the bat? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. So it's been a busy, busy few days for me. Stressful day at work, but no one really cares about that. Um, wrestling's been interesting. I think there's been almost more real, really more news than anything. And the Wrestling Observer's breaking a lot of stuff. Um, you know, listen, I know this guy's been out of the news for a long time. And I know that people who don't watch, who just watch WWE may not remember him. Um, but he was a big-time wrestler at one time, and that's one Kurt Angle, who, according to PWI Insider, uh, Triple H offered Kurt Angle a full-time deal. Uh, WWE was not interested in giving him a part-time deal, and Angle, it, it's reported by PWI Insider that his body's just beat up and he doesn't want to do a full-time deal, so it looks like he may go back to TNA, which... We don't even know if they're going to be a company. We can talk about that a little later on. But, I mean, what do you think, Corey? Do you think that it's a good idea for him to, first of all, do you think it's a good idea for WWE to not want to give him a full-time deal? Should he? Should they give him a part-time deal? And do you think he should go back to TNA? Uh, you know, those are some interesting points there. I think that for Kurt Angle should most likely st- I really believe that Kurt Angle should be have one more WrestleMania moment. And I know, what, what, what does that mean, a WrestleMania moment? But, you know, being on that big stage one more time before he calls it a career. But from what I've seen in TNA, he always works extremely hard, which is one of the reasons why he keeps on getting hurt. I think he should be on a limited schedule. And I think the less he's in the ring and the less he's around the boys the better chance he's going to be able to stay supposedly, you know, drug-free and alcohol-free, which if you listen to the Jim Ross podcast uh, from a couple of months ago, he said that he had been clean for a while. Uh, And you know what? I give him a lot of credit if he believes that at this point he can no longer do a full-time schedule. And, you know, if the full-time schedule is the only way he's going to get back in WWE, maybe maybe it's time just to realize that, WWE is, yeah, it is where the big boys play, you know, using a WCW phrase from back in the day. But TNA, if they still have a company or the this pipe dream known as, you know, Global Force Wrestling, where, you know, Jared is, or maybe he can do a couple of tours in Japan. But I don't, if, he, if WWE insists on him being a full-time guy or nothing else, I think the WWE dream's got to go by the wayside just for his own personal health. But, Corey, this is the question, though. If you're WWE, why do you not offer him a part-time deal? It doesn't make sense. I mean, he's a guy that the fans recognize, the fans really liked. Um, a lot of the older fans will love him. Um, I think he could even connect with the newer fans because of his ability to talk and his in-ring work. I think he'd be great part-time. You don't have to make him the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He can go in and kind of make guys better. I don't know. I feel like if you're a WWE, maybe they don't want to kind of start that pattern of giving older guys part-time deals, I don't, and maybe that's just an exclusive thing for Brock Lesnar because he's Brock Lesnar. But, 
you know, if you're the WWE, I mean, you could use a guy like Kurt Angle, help those younger guys out. You know, maybe they don't feel like it's, maybe they feel like if they're going to pay him, they need him to be on the road, they need him to do that stuff. But, you know, I, I think he'd be good for TV. I, I don't know. I, I, I see no downside in them giving him a part-time deal. I mean, I, I don't know if it was Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, former guest of the show, had brought this up on his uh, podcast or not, but I think the perfect thing, the perfect thing, if, if he was going to go back to the WWE, is have him be a trainer at, at, at uh, the Performance Center, where all these guys are learning how to become the next generation of wrestlers, and have him wrestle a match here and there. You know, I think that might be the perfect situation. I mean, I think in the JR interview, I think he even said he'd be interested in maybe doing some training and helping helping guys out. But you know what? I really, I think this is just another thing. I mean, this is a small thing. I'll just throw this in now because I'm sure it's not that important. We won't get to it later on. But ring announcer Justin Roberts was the latest, you know, guy to get released. Not, well, not be re-signed, you know, picked up for his deal. I think this company is going to be is cutting money. the The network isn't doing great. I mean, in October, I think we'll find out what the number is at this point. But I really think with the idea of the network maybe not doing as good as we all hoped it would do. I don't think they want to be having to give money to somebody that they can't use whenever they want. And I know that a lot of people have said that Brock Lesnar has been re- mostly been resigned for a long period of time. But is Brock really, I mean, we could get us to later, of course, but is Brock worth the money when, when you know what? We haven't, we're not sure how many people are actually buying this network. People don't buy the network. The stock doesn't go up. Mr. McMahon's not going to be a billionaire anymore. He'll be back being a millionaire. You know, cry little, our little eyes out for, a, you know, a millionaire. But I don't know. I, I think that right now... Well, if he lost that much money going from a billionaire to a millionaire, we, we don't need to cry for him, but we need to cry for a lot of these wrestlers that would be losing their jobs. You know what I mean? Sure. If, if, if they can't sign... I mean, how much money are they giving Justin Roberts to be the ring announcer? Hundred thousand dollar. I mean, how much are they giving him that they feel like they can't renew his contract? You know, when they're doing things like this and cutting these wrestlers with these hundred thousand dollar downside guarantees, which is definitely money, but in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much money compared to what they pay the John Cena's of the world? You know, I, it it sometimes worries you financially. You know, we could talk about the ratings. The ratings dip a tiny bit, but. Any rating loss is a loss. You know, we don't know how this network's doing. There's absolutely some underlying financial issues going on with the WWE, things that we really have to be aware of moving forward. I mean, you know, just getting back to Angle in a second, but I just looked on, you know, my, my phone, and at the close of business today, the WWE stock was $13.84. It was up $0.23 cents today. But remember, that stock before the – before the network went live, basically, and they got those first numbers, that was at what almost thirty bucks, or maybe a little bit more. It's at tw- it's at thirteen now. It went down to eleven a while back. It's not exactly the most stable stock in the world, and I think until they figure out what the, what's going on in October when they get these these numbers, I wouldn't. I mean, they're not going to have a TNA thing where there's a hiring freeze, but I don't know if they're going to be giving chances for part time guys. I think it's going to be. A lot of things where we're going to have you, and if we can get you, you know, if we need you last minute, Kurt Angle, I know you most likely need to get some time off. 
But uh, guess what? You're going to Saudi Arabia or you know somewhere else for a tour. And if I if I'm you know Kurt Angle, at this time in my career, I can't do that. You know, I mean, I think he's got to stick to the routine he's on, and the routine he's on isn't being in that ring every you know every night. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I really think that. I think he can't work full time. It's uh, he's forty six years old or forty five years old. It's too much on his body. It's it's just, it's a horrible horrible idea. I also think WWE knows his issues. There's a, you know years ago they decided not to resign him because they knew his issues. So does it make sense for them to even offer him a full time a full full time gig? When they know he's not physically capable of it, that doesn't make any sense. Because they know if they offered him a part-time gig, he would do it in two seconds. So to not offer him a full-time, it almost shows you that maybe they didn't want him in the first place. And they did this as a, okay, we've got to do something to put our put out a good foot forward with this guy who's a legend in the business. Because, Corey, what sense does it make to offer a guy who you know can't compete? At a full-time level, a full-time contract. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't disagree with you. And, and I guess the last thing on this, basically the idea of, you put it nicely, but when they got rid of him, uh, you know, what, eight, nine years ago now, maybe even more? The reason they got rid of him because they did not want this man to die in the middle of their ring. That was the basic way, the nicest way I could put it. They did not want to have another death, you know, a major death under the WWE company name you know I mean he's, he might be and I think he is most likely the, the best wrestler in ring I've ever I've ever seen he, he might I mean we all love Ric Flair the Bret Hart's of the world the Mr. Perfects but pure athlete in that ring Kurt Angle might be the, the greatest person I've ever seen and it's a shame that he's not there you know competing right now on the biggest stage but TNA was meant, I mean, TNA may not be here by the end of the year, but TNA was meant for guys who, you know, who have major problems in the WWE, who maybe weren't big enough or too old, you know, different things. It was an outlet for these other guys. And Kurt Angle was a great pickup by them. And if Kurt Angle can still work at all later on, you know, in January when they go back to England, if TNA is still a product, he should be there. Or he should be doing stuff with, you know, like I said, New Japan Pro Wrestling, maybe a tour, showing these, you know, showing the fans there that, you know, these tours are maybe, you know, like 10 days or something. You have them do that. He shows this. He makes a nice, nice paycheck. Then he could take some time off. WWE, yeah, is he the perfect name to put in this Rusev feud for the end? The guy who beats the streak with Rusev? Absolutely. It's him or John Cena. They're the, you know, the All-American boy. But if he can't do it physically, what really has changed? And who says he's going to even pass a physical? He can say all he wants to JR that he can he would pass a physical right now. But I still think if you're WWE management, I don't want this guy relapsing and dying in my ring because he keeps, he goes, he only knows one speed, and that's 1,000%. That's great for us as fans to watch, but in the long run, this man. The best for his physical being is most likely not to be in the WWE, especially if it's a full-time guy. And now moving on, and we will talk raw for those who can't wait to hear about 
the Dean Ambrose, John Cena contract on a pole match. Um, we will be getting to that shortly. But, you know, it's a pretty newsy week in wrestling. Uh, another story that Dave Meltzer reported was Daniel Bryan uh, reportedly still having issues with his neck, may not be back for Royal Rumble. They're hoping he comes back for WrestleMania. And there's other, other scuttlebutt and rumors going around that, you know, his career may really be in jeopardy because he's still having issues with that neck and that right arm. Or, or you know, I believe it's his right arm. I mean, Corey, first of all, I'm, I'm, this is a... As sad of a story as it gets in wrestling, other than the guys who passed away, um, a guy at the peak of his career, um, you, know, you know, having all kinds of injury issues after reaching that peak, uh, and now it appears his career may be in jeopardy, and, and if any, you know, if, if nothing else, we won't see him for quite a while. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Daniel Bryan situation? Um... I heard Dave Meltzer talking about this with uh, a couple of weeks ago, our guest on the podcast, Brian Alvarez. Once again, cheap plug, pick up his book, Death of WCW, which I believe is now out. October 14th, I believe he told us, was the day you can go pick it up in stores or order it online. But uh, they spoke about this in their report, and basically he was supposed to, you know, get he had his initial surgery in the beginning of May. Doesn't seem to have, you know, worked out as well as they hoped. And you know what? As much as we both love him and wish him to be, you know, a headliner and back in the main event and everything else, I now think that you can't, in good conscience, put him over as the guy who's headlining WrestleMania this year. I don't know how much faith you could have in him long term. I mean, yeah, everyone has major injuries and they come back and sometimes you can be better before you left. But I really think that right now you're gonna to have to take a long look to see what's best for the what's best for business. That silly remark. But what really is the best for this company, and what's the best for Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, if he can go right now, and he didn't have to pass a physical, I'm sure he'd be in a ring right now. And you know, sometimes these guys, just like Kurt Angle, they don't realize that their worst enemy at times is their own drive to succeed. Yeah, they can't help themselves. And I, I really think that do I do I see him, you know, being at WrestleMania and having a match? I, I think that could still happen, but I don't think you could put him in there with you know Brock Lesnar or someone else who you know in a ma- in a major part of the major storyline right now. I mean, will he get the huge reaction most likely when he comes back? Absolutely, but I think he's it's going to take a long time for the company to have faith in him that he's going to be able to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Court Bauer um, mentioned this on, on his podcast, um, MLW podcast, a while back. And, you know, he said, and I don't know a lot about this, but, you know, we hear about this with sports and things like that. For him to be, I think, 32 or 33 years old in his early 30s, having all these issues with his neck already, you know, that's a really bad sign. And the fact that he's having all these neck issues still, they did the surgery, the surgery hasn't seemed to work. They're doing the physical therapy. That's not seeming to work. There's rumors of another surgery. The fact that he's this age and he's so young and he's already having all these issues, these physical issues, it's a scary, scary thought for Daniel Bryan and for the WWE. And you talk about the WWE trusting him. You know, one thing you can say about a lot of, you know, about John Cena, we always talk about John Cena 
and how you know we're worried about him or we don't like him, he sucks, all this other stuff. And, you know, I think Corey and I have both grown in respect for Cena, but a lot of fans still don't like him. The one thing is the dude is always available. He wrestles hurt. He hasn't had very many long-term injuries, and he's there and he's available. And I think that's a big, big part of his his success and why he's there and why, as he says uh, on Roy yesterday, is a man that runs the place. You know, Daniel Bryan had his moment in the sun, and now it looks like that's fading. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's it's horrible for him. I hope the guy saved his money. Um, God knows what money Brie Bell is making, but I, I hope he saved his money because, I, you know, if 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 it's possible that his career could be in jeopardy. You know, it's a very sad thing. And the WWE, they can't trust him, Corey. <clears throat> a neck injury like they didn't have a torn ACL, where it's like, okay, they repair his knee, he's back. Necks are very, very, very tricky things. Stone Cold has talked about that in the past. Necks are a very, very tricky thing. They can come and they can go. And you, how, if you're the WWE, can you put him in the main event spot when you don't know if this guy can stay healthy or not? I, I couldn't disagree with you. I mean, like I said, we both love him. We both think he's on that level of an entertainer that can make, you know, the Dolph Ziggler's of the world right now that if me and you were in there, we can at least get a two-star match. You can get a two-star match out of us. I mean, but right now, I think we have to trust the WWE doctors, trust everyone here that they know what's best for Daniel Bryan, Bryan Daniels, or whatever we're going to call him. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. I can't help myself. But... I think right now he's got to be put on the back burner. I don't think Roman Reigns is the answer. but I, And I think if Dean Ambrose is continuing to do what he does, I think Dean might be the guy who gets this shot, especially with you know a guy like Batista who's going to be – looks like he'd be doing a James Bond movie and other things. So, I mean, I think one person's bad luck is another person's chance to shine. And Dean Ambrose might be that guy who gets to step up where, unfortunately, Daniel Bryant – is put on the shelf for a while. Yeah, I agree. Now, moving on to, you know, uh, some more news from a retired wrestler, uh, the man who this podcast was named after, Mr. CM Punk. Um, This news is also from the Wrestling Observer. TNA, uh, through an intermediary who is friends with Punk, made a plan to try and get him in the company. Uh, They did try to get Alberto Del Rio a few weeks back as well. The idea for Punk was to give him a huge money deal, and make him the top star in the company. The money described was similar to that of Hulk Hogan back in the day with TNA. The idea for Punk would get him to be their flagship star, and his name would get them a stronger TV deal, which I don't know. I love CM Punk, but I'm not sure if that would be possible. Uh, Punk expressed no interest in working in wrestling again. So he's not coming back. <sighs> this, there's so many questions that, that we that I can pose to you here. But I guess I'll make it open-ended. What are your thoughts on TNA trying to get him in, him not wanting to be in wrestling again, um, and, and just your thoughts in general on that? On that. Okay, let's, let's take this a couple of, couple of ways here. Uh, first, I give TNA a lot of – if this is true, I give TNA a lot of credit for taking a chance – to go and get the the biggest name out there, to go and give them a little bit of notoriety and a little bit of press, maybe in a positive way for a change. 
Do I think that CM Punk is never coming back? No. Do I think that CM Punk would be a difference maker in TNA? I don't know. I mean, due to the fact that Kurt Angle came in there, he wasn't a difference maker. Jeff Hardy, Sting, the name, you know, you could mostly name a couple of more guys who were big names somewhere else, and they, they came in and, in the you know, within, you know, a couple of months, they were just another guy. I don't know if the TNA is just WWE fans are WWE fans and they're never going to care. And the WCW lost, you know, army of fans is gone and the ECW fans come back occasionally just to chant when they see, you know, somebody go through a, go through a flaming table. I, I think he's the one guy. I, I think I – now, I don't know if he would – give them, you know, I, I don't know about getting a stronger TV deal. I, I don't know. I don't know if they would look at him for that. I, I think that might be, you know, I don't know about that argument. Do I think that the fan who watches the WWE, the hardcore fan who watches just the WWE and doesn't really pay attention to TNA, do I think that it is possible they would turn their TV to TNA on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, whenever the hell they're on TV? after this new TV deal they signed, whatever that, that is. Do I think they would flip it on and watch CM Punk? Yes, I do. For how long, though? I think, now, that's the question, right? How long? Now, a lot of that would be dependent on the strength of the TV show, on what CM Punk says on things. But, I mean, Corey, every time there's a picture of him, he blows Twitter up. So there is, or you know, or the wrestling contingent on Twitter. So there's absolutely... And I don't think I would have said this if I wasn't on Twitter as much as I am, you know, at work, shoot pod, by the way, um, for those. I think if he wasn't on, if I wasn't on Twitter as much, I may not have felt this way. But he, And maybe Twitter doesn't translate to more viewers on TV. That's very possible, too. But from what I've seen on Twitter, I mean, he blows up Twitter when he does anything on there. And I think he's very calculated, actually, how he does that. I do think their ratings could go up with him on the show. He's not Hulk Hogan, right? But he's an active wrestler who the diehard fans love and miss. So I think he could he would help their ratings. Now are they gonna give him I don't know what they gave Hogan, thirty thousand dollars a show or whatever the hell they gave him. I don't know if that would make if that's the best idea. But I think he can absolutely help their show. But they would have to build him differently. You know, when Christian first got there, I thought they did a decent job with him. When Angle first got there, I think they did a decent job with him. They would have to they would have to let Punk say, Sam Punk, what do you want us to do with you? And he would have to tell them specifically what he wanted done and what he thought would be interesting. And I think if he did that, there would there would be a chance. Now this is all a moot point, because it doesn't sound like he wants to work in wrestling. Again, at least not for the time being. But, you know, yes, I'd love to see him in TNA, assuming they remain in company past the next few months, because I think it'd be an interesting story. I'd refer him to go back to WWE, because that's where he was. Um, but, yeah, I'd love for him to go to TNA and see what see what he could do there. Now, I now here's, here's another point on this. Would you, and I think one of the reasons why I think maybe they thought they could help is because they seem like, they were close, possibly, at one point, to deal with maybe WGN, which is out of Chicago. And Punk being, you know, a Chicago guy, 
maybe that was something they were looking at, maybe about making him basically the face of the company and then doing some sort of deal with WGN where he could be basically their guy, Chicago. I, I think that if you bring in CM Punk, which like I said, at this point, it's most likely a non-issue. I think you almost have to go, I know you never want to give a wrestler control. The guy supposedly seems like a smart guy. I'd almost say, you know what, do you want Do you want to book this damn company? Can't get any worse than it is right now. Ah, that's a horrible idea. Do you remember Kevin Nash booking WCW? It's a horrible idea. But I think giving him creative control over his character is a good idea. You know, Kurt Angle talked about this in the Jim Ross interview and has mentioned this in other points. And, you know, Corey Bowers mentioned this. You know, a lot of people have mentioned this. Angle is kind of one of those guys who's the ultimate team player type. You know, he wrestles these crazy matches. He still goes out there and gives the fans his all. And with terms of creative, he lets creative do what they do. And so they will say, we want you to do this, and he will do it. He doesn't bitch and complain and say, this isn't my character, so on and so forth. And he probably did that in TNA, which is a big reason why his character had some issues. Um, I think if CM Punk has control over his character, he could, I mean, he could do some good things. Um, if they kind of let him go with it, I don't, and I don't think it's about making him the champion, but I think it's about making him a focal point, making him talk, making, you know, some type of reality error statement. You know, they'd have to be careful with him and the WWE and all that, because if he ever wants to go back there, he really can, you know, mess his name up. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, I think it'd be interesting, maybe not for him to be the booker, but definitely for him to have creative control over his own character. Now, before we go to break, so this last thing on Punk, is there anybody bigger out there that's not signed to the WWE that TNA could have gone for that would have been any sort of impact? I'll tell you right now, I don't think there is. I mean, they had no, their Punk chance. Is it. Punk is it. Punk is it. But, I mean, Alberto Rio would be a nice hand. But Del Rio would almost be like a Mr. Kennedy or Anderson now, um, a kind of Ken Kennedy, Ken Anderson type of guy, RVD type of guy. Maybe they give him a run with the title. He's a good hand. He has good matches. His promos are okay. But not a next level. I think we kind of, I mean, Sam Punk was wrestling The Rock. He was wrestling in these big matches getting this huge ovation from the audience. I mean, he's a big star. He's a big-time guy. And, um, you know, he had, the, he had the title for 434 days. I mean, he's a big star. And so, yeah, I, I think he could make that impact. There's nobody else, AJ Styles, or, you know, whatever. None of those guys can make the impact that uh, Sam Punk could make um, on TNN. I totally agree. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast in a mere moments. Uh, I guess we'll try to get into a slightly better than the last couple of week version of Monday Night Raw. We'll talk about most likely SmackDown 15th anniversary with the uh, big uh, Brock, not Brock, I'm sorry. If you watch WWE, it's, not, it's almost as if Brock Lesnar doesn't even exist anymore, but The Rock and Triple H backstage segment, which has brought some rumors on what could happen in the in the future in regards to WrestleMania. We'll be back with more of the Workshoot Wrestling po- Podcast. Well, Steph, as, Steph, as much as it pains me to admit, 
You were right. They were able to get along. One dollar. What? Gentlemen's bet. You know how much I hate to lose, though. Maybe, maybe they just lacked the proper motivation. Maybe you two just need that, that spark to make this all go down. You both want a shot at Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell, right? Well, I say why wait until then to find out who gets it. Let's hang a contract on a pole in that corner. And no holds barred. John Cena, Dean Ambrose, tear each other limb from limb, rip rush, break bones. I don't care. Welcome back to Vince Russo Books Main Event of Raw. Uh, we have a contract on a pole match. I really, at that point, when I heard that on SmackDown last week, I was really for a second thinking maybe Vince Russo was back with the company. TNA let him go due to the fact that, you know, Spike TV found out he was there and it was most likely one of the reasons they got rid of him. But, you know, if you, you think of pole matches and those type of matches, you think of Vince Russo. I'm sure he's not there. But uh, I don't know how much we really could talk about Raw this week because Raw wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I mean... It was it was a pretty solid wrestling program. I mean, I thought we had a couple of good matches. I thought that, you know, nothing was made you go and sit there and go, oh, my God, why am I watching this? If you would, if you would not have seen Raw, Corey, if, like, you didn't watch Raw and I just told you what happened, would you have felt like you missed anything? No, that's that's the problem. And I think that's one of the reasons why... I, you know what? I'll, let me let me put this the best way I can. And we we've discussed this on air. Uh, now that football has started, I'm watching the football games, and then I'm going back and watching Raw on Tuesdays when I wake up in the morning. You know, I watch it. I watch it very closely. I'll take notes. I'll sit there and I'll figure out what's interesting. I mean, and a lot of times the moment where I'll watch Raw for a few minutes is either during halftime, which you know they were very smart a couple of weeks ago. And last week, you know, for putting The Rock on when halftime happened and doing, you know, the Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, John Cena segment. I mean, we kind of gave it a little laughed at it when it happened initially. But the only time I'm really watching, maybe during maybe a commercial here and there. But Raw is kind of a secondary thing right now because football's back. And when I'm seeing, you know, at halftime, we've got Rusev versus, you know, Big Show. And, you know, you watch some of that. That wasn't gripping enough that made me say, I'm go. I'm not turning back to the football game, and I'm going to continue watching Raw Live. Well, I, I, I did think that was a solid match, by the way. I, th- I think they did a good job during that match. I think that's one of Rusev's actual best matches since he's been in the WWE. But I get that. But is, that, is the point that we're not turning – you're not – because really – Unless it's the attitude error. Are you really going to turn from the football game if it's a good game? Probably not. I've got a live tweet this bullshit, so, like, I'm there. I'm in it, okay? I'm there and I'm in it, and I'm watching the whole show, okay? And then I rewatch it today. So I've literally watched this show twice, so maybe that's part of my bitterness. But, you know, I, I don't know, but I think that, like, the show was good and it was solid. Not a, you know, a lot of good wrestling, a lot of stuff like that. 
not 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 much with the angles. And this is kind of the dead period in October. I mean, do we even know the pay-per-views are usually in October? Usually it's some hell in a cell or they make up some name and that's what it is. And next month is Survivor Series. And we always know Survivor Series is kind of a funny, they always do funny things with that pay-per-view. Um, and then the month after is some name name they just gave it, Unforgiven, Fatal 4-Way. TLC now. Contract on a pole, whatever, whatever they're calling it. So you, we've got a couple of months of pay-per-views that are going to be kind of ho-hum. So what storylines are they really building to? Really, it's, you know, they're building for the Royal Rumble, which isn't three months from now. So this is really a low. It is what it is. But I also think this is the time when you can build up some new stars and, and you know, do some new things. I thought the most entertaining thing on the world was freaking Damian Sandow. He was hilarious. He was the best thing on the show. And, um... I guess that's kind of all you need to know about Raw, but you know, you know, the, the John Cena Ambrose thing I thought was really interesting. Um, in that they did it now, they did it this week, and I was surprised. I didn't read anything. I just don't like reading spoilers or reading anything. And if I would have read stuff, they did say that they're, you know, they were doing the match this week. That's what I read after, but I didn't know at the time, so I was surprised. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they, you know, next week we just have the build toward Ambrose and Rollins. But what did you think of that ending? That that weird ending. He just beat he he beat um, Cena, and then he's mad at Rollins, and all of a sudden Cena's like, okay, now I'm mad at Orton after being mad at Rollins for all that time. It, I thought it was just a very strange ending. What are you showing me here? 30 years of WrestleMania? Yeah, it was funny. I went, I was going to talk about this later on, but I went and entered some silly thing on Twitter, you know, during a couple of weeks ago for answering some sort of question. You always win free shit. It's unbelievable. You are the king of entering your name into stuff and winning free crap. You need to play the lotto more or something because, you know, as you guys know, Corey and I have been friends for years and years and he always enters these like kind of bootleg ass contests, and he always wins free tickets, free this, free that. Always you win something free. All right, what'd you win this time? Uh, it's called Thirty Years of WrestleMania. Some sort. Of, it's a book. WWE books. Uh, looks kind of cool. I haven't opened it yet. I was actually thinking about maybe doing some. If we can maybe figure out some sort of contest or something and give it give it away to. Uh, one of the many listeners of the Workshoot Wrestling podcast. I think that's correct. I think that's. I think that's an excellent, excellent idea. That might be partly due to the fact I don't want the book. Maybe we get to put the book on a pole match, and the the, the winner's got to go up there and get the book from the pole, like last night. Uh, get, uh, <laughs> folks, we have not. We are not having Vince Russo as a special guest walking to the door right now. I'm just gonna let you know that that is not booking this match. Corey, what did you think of the end of Raw? I thought it was... Terrible? I, I, I thought it was really strange. I, I really th- thought it was terrible. I mean, I thought it was dumb. I mean, I thought a lot of... I mean, I... Let's, let's backtrack for one second. I really thought that Macho Man doing the opening promo of Raw this past Monday was really good. A.K.A. Dean Ambrose finding his, you know, his inner Macho Man, which it sounded like a Macho Man-esque promo. I mean, I yeah, thought I he was very good. Of, I think it's probably been one of his weaker promos, actually. I thought it was 
He just rehashed everything. I didn't think it was strong at all. But. I, thought, I thought it was good. I mean, it wasn't great, but it, it kind of felt like he was he was finding his you know inner macho man in that promo. Sure. But everything from the authority, you know, making a, another reference to a movie from you know thirty plus years ago with trading places with you know the the standard one dollar bet. Hey, you know, no, wait, hold on. It's it's really called sweet dollar action. Yes, yes, it is. That's what. That, and and I, I love sweet dollar action. Oh, I, I love I, gambling. So, <laughs> trust me. Uh, if if we could gamble on something, we'll we'll do it. Sweet yes. dollar action. If uh, if you know Corey actually has a coherent point. Um, I think I'm going to lose that one. But let let's see where we're we going with that. Oh yeah. Uh, I really think that all of this stuff felt very rushed. I know that Dave Meltzer said that. They had moved this up, and I think one of the reasons was because they believe, WWF believes that having an advertised matches beforehand helps people actually want to watch the product with not I, having... I agree with that. With not having, you know, uh, if this guy wins, he might face this guy, this guy loses, which, you know, I can, I can understand that. But the way that Cena reacted after he lost, you're building up this whole thing where he... All he wants to do is get his hands on Seth Rollins. He's going and, you know, super angry, chasing after him and everything. All of a sudden, he's outsmarted, and Dean Ambrose goes and says, you can't see me, and takes the uh, the contract off the, off the Vince Russo-esque pole. And all of a sudden, he's clapping and smiling, and, you know, Mr. Mr. Good Guy, who never really can show that much emotion to get upset, John Cena. Because remember, kids... This is the, our, our, our good guys just want to have fun. And sitting there going, just clapping and being really happy for Dean Ambrose. It was just like, wait, so for the last month since that guy we don't mention on the program, not, not CM Punk, but this guy named Brock Lesnar now, it's as if, you know, okay, that happened and I lost the match. So I'm not angry at Seth Rollins anymore. I got to move on for the 412th time. Facing Captain Boring, I might be a face again in a couple of weeks. Randy Orton, I'm sorry. I just sat there at the end of that watching this afternoon going, why am I watching this show? Did I, I just wasted three hours of building my life, the fact that he loses the match, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, good job by the other guy. He was <laughs> better than me today. I'll get my second place you know, trophy. He gets the he gets the gold star. He's a member of the Russian Republic now, or whatever. Uh, how that's gone with Rusev, but you know, I'm just number two. That's fine. It really didn't matter to me in the end. Now I'm going to focus on the other guy. Who? Okay, I'm going to face Randy Orton. <clears throat> big deal. Seth Rollins isn't that big of a deal because I'm not facing him. Dean Ambrose, nice job. You were better tonight. Let me clap for you. I'm the all-around good guy. I never really get upset at the fans for telling me that, you know, I stink and everything else. I'm good. I'm John Cena. This really doesn't matter. Remember, I'm here to have a good time. I'm a good guy. It just happens. Remember, we're all here to have fun. Are you freaking kidding me? Let's be honest here. We're running a three-hour-plus program every week that the fans are supposed to feel something, and then at the end of that time where you go and after you get these people, you bring them on the tribe, it's all of a sudden it's like, this is all just a dream. I'm waking up now, and it doesn't matter. Let's, I didn't win. Okay, I'm going to face this guy. Big deal. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was really, and I try to think about it from a standpoint of, I know it's not, you know, real life. I know it's scripted. But in terms of how you would come up with the, he would be mad. If I was John Cena and I lost that match, I would punch Dean Ambrose in the face. And then I would punch Orton in the face. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He's just like, oh, well, no, but it, it was just, it was, it was absurd. It was absurd. And, and Randy Orton, can I get the loser of this match? I mean, how does he look? You know, he's a 12-time champion. I'll give him and credit, though. I will give him credit. He never said at any point in that that I'm, I want to face the loser of the match. Well, I said they scripted it. I mean, they, they purposely... I know, but they made... Even, they, Michael, Cole, even Michael Cole said that. Right, but I'm going to give him credit. They at least made it appear. I mean, we're smart enough to add, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 4 most of the time. That... Uh, let's see. I lose this. I'm going to be facing the guy who doesn't win, so I'm facing the loser. I'll give them credit. At least they were smart enough in the way they built it. At least Randy Orton looks like he just wants to get his hands on one of these guys. Doesn't matter who. He just knows he's better than them. I give them credit for that. But I agree with you. Wait. So Randy Orton is not good. He's a secondary guy. And I'm, like I said, are they? could they do some interesting stuff over the next couple of months? While that guy who we will actually talk about, which they don't name, is, you know, is gone from television. Can we see, you know, Captain Boring turn into Captain Face Boring instead of Captain Heel Boring? And maybe feud with, you know, Seth well, Rollins? Hold on, now, hold on. That's the question, though, Corey. Yeah, I talked about this on Twitter, at work, shoot pod. What do we do with Orton? I mean... Okay, now they're going to turn him into a baby face, which did not work out at all. Uh, the ca- his character has not been relevant in years. Even when he was the champion, no one gave a shit about him. I mean, he's a talented guy. He's not great on the mic, but he does okay. He's very good in the ring. I mean, what do you, what do, you do with him? I, I guess he's in that. He's been there for 10 years, 12 years. And people are sick of him, and but you know, I, Corey, I don't know. I, yeah, he's just he's gonna come out there. He's gonna get his wins. He's gonna get some losses. He'll probably get a title at some point. I guess it's fine, but I don't know. Turning him to a baby, what's that gonna do? Nothing. Nothing. You know, I, I, I say this slightly jokingly, and I know you're gonna tell me I'm crazy, but at this point. And I know they don't have a TV deal after January 1st or whatever it is. But doesn't Randy Orton feel like a guy who's who's basically just like Kane, has has been there long enough that maybe it's time for a change? And I know within, you know, 12 days or two shows, he'd be, you know, just another guy. But almost the best thing that could happen to a Randy Orton or some of these guys freshen up their character is maybe to show up in a TNA or an ROH, just maybe a new, just a new place. Five million dollars a year. No, I understand. I understand that. I know that. I understand that. But the idea of him—it's almost as if he's a guy who, if this was a territory system before our time, I know that. So we're talking about a time yes. where we actually weren't involved in. But he really feels like at this point a guy who, just like you know, an Andre the Giant back in the day, he was an attraction where his his you know. He was never in a place long enough for people to see his flaws, but also at the same time, he was never in a place long enough for people to get tired of him. You know, at some point when the Dusty Rhodes character was getting a little bit stale, Dusty went went down to, you know, 
the AWA or to San Francisco or Texas. You know, these guys traveled around and they went and when they started to get a little bit stale, you can move them somewhere else. And then they were a big star somewhere else. Randy yeah. Orton feels like a guy who should be the centerpiece of GF uh, Global Force Wrestling, if that actually is a real thing. You know, no, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know if they should do that. I think that's you know, that's not going to happen. It is what it is. But from a realistic standpoint, I do think the Rollins Orton thing can be interesting, and they teased that last night. I think I think Orton can help Rollins, and I think vice versa. But why not have Rollins have Orton off TV for a little while? Pay him, makes plenty of money. Get him off TV. No one is buying WWE pay-per-views or subscribing to the WWE Network for $9.99 Shut up. for Randy Orton. No one's subscribing to the network. No one's buying pay-per-views for Randy Orton. Can we agree on that for the most part? I think so. I mean, unless he's... I don't think, I don't think he's affecting house show business. Have him off TV for a little while. That I'm not you sure know? about. I'm not sure about that last point you said. I then, really then, then, you know then have them then have them in house shows because it doesn't really we don't know anything really unless it's on TV. Have them off TV. I agree with that. Put them on house shows, pay them, and see you know have them off have them off until Royal Rumble. Freshen up his character. Do something different with them. You know what I mean? Because he's got ability and he's good enough that if they repackage his character a little bit, get him away from Triple H. Get him away from the authority. Make him a heel who's on his own. I think he was probably the best in that legend killer storyline when he was doing that. Oh my have God. him do that. Have him, maybe not legend killer, but have him do something. You know, I, he's just so, you know, Michael Cole, the Viper. He's striking. He just, he, he's so corny. And he feels, I think that's the other thing, is he feels corny. He feels like a cornball now. And I think a lot of that is due. I, I think Michael Cole does these guys no favors at all as an announcer. Cole is fine. He does nothing wrong with him. But I think he's corny, and I think he makes these guys feel corny as an announcer. I feel like with Michael Cole, it's a wrestling announcer doing a wrestling match. I don't feel like it's Jim Ross who's, a, who's an announcer doing a wrestling match. And I feel like if Michael Cole wasn't doing wrestling, he would be on QVC, selling nail and hair products. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would be... Don West? He, yeah, he would not be doing MMA or, or anything like that. Uh, so he does these guys no favors because he's a super cornball, too. But that's another another thing. Yeah, we'll talk about um, it another week, yeah. You know, repackage his character. Do something different with him. Have him off TV for a little bit. Because this pay-per-view is Rollins and Ambrose, and that's it. That is it. That's it, Corey. I agree. Most. What, what, else, what else is on this pay per view? That that's that's relevant. That means any that. What reason is there to watch this pay per view other than Ambrose and Rounds? And for me, it's not the live tweet this bullshit. What other reason is there to watch this pay per view? Uh, I guess I. Uh, Gold Dust versus Stardust. I mean, uh, Gold Dust and Stardust versus the Usos for the 400th time at this point. Yeah, we just saw that last month. It was good. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> Let's. Can we get it to something that I'm gonna? I'm gonna. I love you. I really do. You make me laugh. But you watched. You watched SmackDown this week. You watched Raw. 
And it's been a thing that we haven't spoken about much because it felt like it got a little bit better over the last couple of months in regards to secondary champions. But in the span of, what, five days, we've had the tag team champions lost clean in the uh, on Monday to the guys who have taken together, what, three times in Cena and Ambrose on SmackDown. We had Rusev beat Dolph Ziggler clean on Raw. I have more of a problem with that than the um, the the tag team. The, uh, tag team. Yeah, I have, I have a problem with. Oh, I'm not. Oh, me, I'm not saying. I'm just giving. Yeah. I'm just giving examples sure, of sure. how these secondary titles now are going back to the way they were. And this is going to equate to my other point. But you have then Ziggler lost again clean to Randy Orton. I at least can respect the idea of Sheamus losing by, you know, by countout because at least that's building up a possible match. But do you do you see anytime soon Dolph Ziggler either facing Rusev or Randy Orton for the IC title uh, for the IC titles he has or the US who cares at this point the same no, damn title. Sheamus has the US. Okay, but do you see that? Do you see Ambrose and Cena facing, you know, Golden Stardust for the tag team titles. I understand that it's a secondary title, and sometimes those guys are going to have to put other guys over just to show how close maybe these guys might be to the main title. But when your main champion isn't there, you know, a guy who they don't even reference anymore, this guy named uh, Brock Lesnar, I believe his name is, the world heavyweight champion of the world, or whatever they're calling this, you know, unified title. He's not there. We're not even mentioning his name anymore. Could these secondary champions, you don't have to win every match, but do you have to get pinned clean? And then all of a sudden it doesn't matter to the other guy. Rusev should have, I mean, I know he's in the middle of a feud, but should have Rusev gotten a, a shot at the title on Monday? Randy Orton's being, you know, Dolph Ziggler clean. It's not even his DQ or anything. Beat him clean. You got freaking Cesaro sitting on commentary for, you know, for basically 20 minutes with his thumb up his, you know, thumb up his ass, you know, saying how good he looks in a suit and how, you know, maybe he does a better drop kick. I mean, the guy who's most likely going for the title at the next pay-per-view has nothing to do with the match. I mean, everyone and their mother is beating Ziggler clean. They're not, they don't care enough, though, to get title shots. I mean, could you explain to me what the hell am I watching? I want to be positive. I do. I really, I walk into the show when I sit down in my apartment and I go and say, um, I thought parts of Raw were good. I thought parts were bad. I didn't think it was a great, you know, anything was terrible. But the more you think about this, the more you go and say, how does any of this make sense? The I, I understand wins and losses don't matter as it much as they sense. should. They don't give a shit about the ICF tag title or U.S. title. That's it. They Why should I care? And Corey, when you haven't built those titles to mean anything for years, and now you don't have a WWE World Heavyweight Champion not on the show, then what's the show about? What is it about? It, it should be about the titles. It should be about the ultimate prize. When you see UFC, what do they talk about? The titles. What do they talk about? This guy's ranked four. This guy's ranked five. When they talk about the NFL, what do they talk about? Is this the best team in the NFL? Can this team go to the Super Bowl? In WWE, they're talking about this guy mad at this guy for his suit. This guy mad at this guy for other bullshit. People should be fighting for the IC title. People should be fighting for the world title. There's a reason why NXT is a show that people find more enjoyable. 
It's a simple show. You know what the goal in NXT is? To be the NXT freaking champion. That's the goal of the show. That's what the guys on that show care about. When the guys start off, they talk about being the NXT champion. That's the goal. And, you know, we, we see with the WWE, these guys should talk about their goal is to be the IC, US, TAG, and um, World Heavyweight Champion. That should be these guys' goals. That's what we should hear all the time. And I know it's boring, and I know it might be corny, and I know it's scripted. And the Attitude Era may have kind of taken that away a little bit because a lot of, a lot of it with Russo is he didn't care about the titles and he thought they were kind of all a joke. And maybe that's where a lot of this is coming from. But, and I think that's, you know, as much as the Attitude Era, I think that's when some of those titles started getting devalued. But they need to make that the goal. They need us to know that these guys care about the titles. So if Rusev goes against Ziggler, you highlight that this is a non-title match. You don't have Rusev go over clean on Ziggler. Orton against Ziggler. You specify this is a non-title match. Maybe you have it for the title, and you have Orton win the IC title. Then you would have a guy who's a 12-time world champ holding the IC title, which would make it a lot more relevant. The problem is they have the IC title for the Dolph Ziggler's, the Miz's, these guys. So you know who those guys are. You have the tag team champions for certain guys. Make it different. Give the IC title to John Cena. Give the U.S. title to Randy Orton. That would make the title mean something. It's not necessarily wins and losses, but it's who has the belt. And I love Ziggler, but he's not a main event guy. And so they, and they've shown that he's not a main event guy by the way they've booked him. So, you know, I, I agree with you 100%, but we're going to talk this until the cows come home. Because they don't give a shit, and it's not going to change. Maybe, maybe it may, it may never change. Do you do you remember back in you know WCW when being the U.S. champion meant you were like the number two guy? You know, the, Barry Windham, SummerSlam, the SummerSlam in '96 was for the IC title. That was a main event of SummerSlam. Yeah, that was a main event of SummerSlam. The IC title. Now the IC champion's losing at midway point of SmackDown, a show that no one even freaking watches. Oh, boy. Now, before before either one of us blow a gasket on this particular subject, let, let's get to that guy that we mentioned passingly before, the guy that the WWE doesn't even think exists, I'm guessing. I, we said this last segment. We might have said this a little bit earlier on in this one, but anybody for the three hours and nine minutes that the show was on, did you once hear the name Brock Lesnar? I haven't heard in a couple weeks. Unless, you know, you hear Paul Heyman come out for, you know, and he wasn't on, this is two or three last three weeks he hasn't been on the show. Yeah. Which I think hurts it. I mean, I understand that a guy talking shouldn't be, you know, that important, you know, make a difference one way or another. But Paul Heyman, a lot of weeks, is the most interesting thing on my television screen. He's not there. And, and you know what? I understand that, you know, if you read certain places, it says that there's a, there's a chance that we may not see Brock Lesnar until January. That's for, crazy. For the Rumble. That's crazy. I mean, hey, here's another thing. Simple. Why in the world is Seth Rollins carrying around a briefcase all these all these weeks when Brock Lesnar's not even there? I understand he's maybe... Gonna go, no, he's going to go to North Dakota or Minnesota or wherever the fuck he lives now. And he's going to cash it in there. What is this, the he's hardcore gonna, title? He's going 
he's going to beat up his, uh, you know, um, Sable. Sable is going to give her the, the curb stop, and then he's going to attack Lesnar, and he's going to bring a ref with him and fly him to North Dakota and cash in the money in the bank. That's what's carrying a briefcase with him. I mean, I now, that would be some entertaining stuff. Man, I wonder how Sable's looking nowadays. Oof. Can't uh, imagine. I, I, think, I think we know what you'll be doing during the break. Uh, <laughs> Might be doing it now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Let's the leather face up here. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. Nowadays. I remember saying that years ago. Old leather ass. the last time we've seen Sable? Um, in a long time. I think we saw it, like, at a UFC show once, maybe. I don't remember if... Uh, you know, one of those classic, you know, UFCs where Lesnar said, you know, I'm going to go back and drink my beer and fuck my wife. You know, I think he said that and it got him a little upset, got them a little upset at, you know, because he said, uh, I'm going to drink. It wasn't Budweiser because I was going to drink a different, a different beer from yeah. what he said. <laughs> Which got him in a you little know, bit of trouble. You know, look at that picture of She's looking all right. All right. I mean, she's not, you know. Milk does I mean, her body oh, good. a nice picture of her. And her I mean, listen, she was older back then. <laughs> I mean, you know, right? Oh, gosh, they put this picture up here. There's no way she looks like this. We have right. gone off the rails, people. We have gone um, off the rails. That's Sunny. Sunny's sunny. looking rough nowadays. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> we, Corey has lost con- total control of the podcast. Uh, no, you keep talking. I'm just going to look up pictures of old Leatherface. <laughs> put your pants back on, sir, please. No, listen, my pants... My, Listen, my pants are just fine. Looking at some of these pictures. My own. But speaking of Brock Lesnar, just quickly, honestly, you know what? If you've been watching the program for the last couple of weeks, first of all, there is you wouldn't even think that there was a championship that was the championship one way or another. And if that's the case, make your other titles mean something. But it's basically I'm surprised that this isn't every every week we're People are fighting over the briefcase itself, you know? I mean, Brock Lesnar basically doesn't exist in this company until he comes back in possibly January. And I think that, I mean, I was all for the idea of having him as champion, having the idea that it would be special when he does show up. But I didn't think it would be this infrequently. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the reports are wrong and he'll be there at, you know, Survivor Series. I don't see him being there in TLC because I think the idea of him being in that type of match sounds like a bad idea. But I really, right now, it would be nice if they'd at least name that they have a world champion or that maybe that these guys are fighting to become the number one contender. I mean, I fully expect that, you know, we'll have some sort of combination over the next couple of months. I'm guessing uh, Ambrose, Cena, maybe Rollins. I know he has the money in the bank, but... Rollins and Randy Orton fighting in some sort of like four-way or three-way to determine who will face Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. I'm guessing. All right, here's a couple a couple things. Sure. First of all, Sable looked like she got a boob reduction. Her face still looking okay. Okay. I know you guys are interested to know. Um, second of all, a more serious note. As far as Brock goes. I, you know, we did talk about how we thought it would be interesting to not have the WWE champion on every single pay-per-view. Well, I don't even think we talked about it on every pay-per-view, but on every Raw. And make it mean something that when the champion wrestles on pay-per-view, that you've got to spend the money either to see him or spend the money on the network. 
But to not have the champion on any of these shows for the next three months, I mean, that is horrendous, if that's the case. They haven't mentioned him at all. I think they should still make it mean something. Even though he's not there, still make him relevant. Make him mean something. And, Corey, they, they've had to have thought this through. It doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Now, we'll see. Maybe he'll be there in Survivor Series, and it won't matter. But Survivor Series is always kind of a tricky pay-per-view. And then the December throw pay-per-view is always a complete throwaway. So, you're right. I mean, we may not see him to Royal Rumble, maybe to stack his appearances up heading to WrestleMania, because he's probably going to have to be on every week. But, I mean, this is... It's not good. Hey, you know what? It's not... You know, I was okay with him being on the pay-per-views, maybe making one appearance, you know, uh, before the pay-per-views. You know, they cut those backstage vignettes with him and Heyman, and Heyman does the talking. But for him to not be on multiple pay-per-views, I mean, it's a problem. They're asking people to spend money on this network, and you're not having a champion on these shows. I don't... I know, listen, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They have writers. They have, you know, people there who are really thinking this through. But to me, this it doesn't make complete sense why they chose to either... Why they chose to do this. Why, I mean, why, I see why you give them the title, but give them more money for the appearances or stretch it out further. Do something. But it, it doesn't make any sense for me for him to not be on this show and for him to not be on possible multiple shows. I agree. We'll talk about... We might talk a little more about this when we come back from break, but we definitely, when we come back from break, I think we should get into... The SmackDown 15 uh, backstage vignette we saw, and uh, maybe a couple of more subjects. But you're listening to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Got that one out okay? And uh, we'll be back in a couple of moments. <laughs> that was a, uh, yeah, that's the sound you would make. <laughs> I tell you, what, you know what's funny is you think about it, we had incredible memories on SmackDown. Yeah. You think about what we did at WrestleManias. Yeah. But how about this? What if. You and I, one more time. Wow. Main evented WrestleMania. Wow. I can imagine it now. You come out, you know, and if you smell, people going crazy. And then, you know, the, the thing that, you know, whatever the however that goes like yeah. the nursery run. And then you come out, and then eventually, blah, 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 the hook, and then the ride, and then boom, and then, Ooh, when I get out of the way, come up, bang, one, two, three. That's how it would go, right? I mean, that's the way it would go. We'd blow the roof off the place. If it had a roof, which it probably won't because it'll be a stadium for sure, probably 100,000 people if you and I go one more time. But it's not going to matter because the end result is going to be the same as it always was with me whipping your ass. A week ago uh, when we were speaking, we s- said, uh, any chance of Rock versus Rusev? Now after watching SmackDown, are we going to at some point see Rock versus Triple H again at Mania, and do we care? Uh, SmackDown 15, I thought the highlight of the show, which I think Jay agrees, was not the uh, 15-man tag, but the backstage segment between Triple H and The Rock. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it built the idea that maybe not this year, but at some point we can see Rock Triple H again. I'm not sure if I want to see that again. I mean, they have some great chemistry, and I think that Triple H is an underrated worker, and I think a lot of the reason why people have a problem with this is because of his backstage, you know, 
power plays. But I think him and The Rock will should put on a good in-ring match. But, uh, Jay, do you want to see that again? And what do you think of the segment? I thought the segment was awesome. I think the segment was the highlight of the WWE for me for the week. Um, I really thought it was fantastic. It was funny. Um, Stephanie, as usual, was great on there. Um, she's great in everything she does, just so you guys know. Um, I think that would I want to see it again? No, I'm okay. Those guys have had a great past. They've done some great things. I'm okay. I'm okay with giving new stars a chance. Both of those guys are in their mid-40s. The Rock is a big movie star. Um, and if it's true, the highest grossing movie star of the year, is that true? That's yeah. crazy if that's true. Um, well, so think about it. He was in uh, the Fast and the, Fur- Fast and the Furious 6. He was in that Pain and Gain. He was in, uh, I think, another. He was in at least one other movie. And all those movies made a um, lot of money. Yeah, I mean, uh, so wh- whatever. He's a big, big movie star. Triple, you know, triple. They're forty-year-old. They're mid-forty-year-old men who wrestled a pretty physical style in the ring. The Rock is gigantic and can't <laughs> move around as well, and he needs help. And Triple H is actually still pretty good in the ring, but they're older. So, do I want to see that? Not really. Not now. I like nostalgia stuff. And maybe I'd pop for it initially. I probably would. I, I definitely would. But do I, would I? Am I like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see another Rock Triple H match? No, not at all. And the way they made it sound, like you know, they're saying a hundred thousand people in a stadium and everything. Sounds like WrestleMania thirty-two, which has always been rumored to be, you know, in Dallas Cowboy Stadium, and that's the big, you know, that's the big stadium where we can see, you know, a lot of these. Attitude area guys come back. Maybe, you know, the, a return from uh, Steve Austin in some form. Uh, Hogan may try to go do something. I know it's a lot. Uh, Undertaker, it's home, you know, his hometown of, his home state of Texas. A town, I think he's actually from somewhere in the Dallas, Austin area. I mean, I, you could see a lot of guys coming back for that. But I agree with you. I mean, would I like to see, you know, The Rock at WrestleMania here and there and doing stuff? Absolutely. Do I think Triple H can still go? We've seen it in these matches. He had a really good match versus Daniel Bryan. And as much as we want to give credit to Daniel Bryan, I think it sometimes takes two to tango to have as good a match as they did. And I think that it's one of those things that if they do it right, the build could be good enough that we'll forget that these both these guys are, you know, should be in a nursing home in the, re- in the wrestling terms. But I don't really think I want to see, see them face each other. I wouldn't mind maybe seeing, you know, if Roman Reigns got good enough in two years, seeing Reigns versus The Rock and like a passing of a torch maybe type of thing. Reigns versus Rollins, you know, with Rollins bumping around for him. Maybe Dean Ambrose if he turns heel at some point. You know, I could see matchups <laughs> where it could be interesting. Yeah, I like the young I like the young guy against the old guy. I like I I, I think those matches are okay, but I don't just don't want to see two old guys. Because to me, what is that going to do? I agree. You know, how's that going to help either guy? And honestly, I, I think part of this is all a pipe dream. As much as he may want to do it, as long as he's making movies that people are watching, he's going to be in the new, you know, Superman versus uh, Batman movie. He's playing Black Adam. He's going to be, you know, he's got other movies lined up. He's, he's a movie star. And, you know, 
he got hurt at last year's WrestleMania, and they had to go and postpone the shooting of Hercules for a couple of months because he got, you know, some injuries. Are the movie studios going to be saying, yeah, Rock, Dwayne Johnson, we put all this money into you. We, we're going to have you possibly get hurt again and stop production, stuff like that. Vince McMahon might think he's the center of the universe, but Hollywood is going to go and put their foot down, I think, at least at this year's WrestleMania, maybe next year. You know, I mean, I don't see him being able to go and be at Mania more than, you know, a surprise thing like it was this year, which was awesome. But I don't see him being an entering competitor again anytime soon. No, I, I think we really got to be careful with The Rock now. Uh, appearances are great, and Rusev cut a promo saying he's going to punish The Rock or get him. He's not getting anybody. But I think, you know, The Rock has to be careful. You know, he still loves wrestling. He still obviously is very passionate. And listen, Corey, we got to say this, man. You got to give The Rock credit. He's making like $20 million, $25 million a movie, and he's still coming and being involved in wrestling. So I, I, I really do give him credit for saying he's not going to leave. He's always going to be around at least a little bit, and he has been. And I, honestly, I, I, I have a lot of respect for The Rock that he's done that. He hasn't just said, hey, you know what, I'm too big for this, and I'm never going to come back because it's going to hurt my image because we know how wrestling's looked at by a lot of mainstream society. Um, yeah, and so I, I think it was great. I thought that segment was great. I thought it was funny. Um, I, I thought it was cleverly done. I thought those guys had good chemistry together. Um, I, I like Triple H in the authority role. I usually don't like a lot of these authority roles, but I think Triple H and Stephanie have done a pretty good job in it. And Triple H wrestles occasionally, puts over younger guys, and that's kind of where he is. Um, so no, I don't want to see him in a rock go at it again. I, I, I've seen enough of that. So, I'm, you know, I'm all set. Now, uh, one of the other stories that I, when we were doing a little prep that uh, I saw that you brought up was that uh, according to the Wrestling Observer, TNA expects to announce a TV deal in the next seven days. Haven't they been saying this for a while that a TV deal is coming? I mean, you know, how many times do you got to yell fire before people just go and say, yeah, all right. And then all of a sudden you find out, you know, place burnt down. You know, I mean, I don't, at this point, I believe there's a better chance we'll see the Global Force Wrestling do something, which they are. They, I mean, I don't think they're going to be putting on a show anytime soon, but they're going to be producing the uh, Tokyo Dome show for New Japan Wrestling on January 4th. I, at this point, I'm not sure, and I, I know I'm the TNA apologist on this show, the Mar, what? the guy who... Uh, thank, you, thank you for finally admitting it. It's only taken you 10 months to admit that I you were TNA Mark. I thank said God. I am perceived... Ugh. Proceed. Proceed. Maybe I didn't say proceed, but I meant to say proceed. Yeah, you, you Freudian slip. Go ahead. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's over, Johnny. Abort mission. I think that they're not getting a TV deal. I don't think there's anybody out there who's stupid enough to give Dixie Carter a TV deal. Why? They get over a million people to watch their crappy wrestling show. It's been better the last couple of months. For years, it was shitty. Okay? TNA fans who listen to our show. They got a million people to watch this shit. So why would they Why would they not get a TV contract? I think it's completely realistic to think in the next seven days they get some type of TV deal going. And why would they offer Kurt Angle a deal if they didn't have a deal possibly in place? 
uh, because I think that it's very simple. I think that, you know, she hopes there's a TV deal, and she's hoping that by bringing in people that it's going to make someone go and say, oh, look, I, I, the Spike executives were stupid for years. We've got guys who haven't been relevant in the last 15 years. We're going to bring them in, give them a lot of money. You'll pay for part of it, and you'll give us money to do a deal. I just don't – I mean, you know what? You're saying that they get a million, you know, a million-plus viewers every week. When we had Brian Alvarez on a couple of weeks ago, he brought up the idea that the same, the same, people, same amount of people that are watching Raw are watching the NBA playoffs and, and watching the NBA. The NBA got a zillion-dollar contract for their TV. WWE got made, what, a 30% raise in their ad rates? The people, and we've had this discussion before, people in the advertising world and in television don't believe wrestling fans buy products. Wrestling fans are dumb. Wrestling fans are uneducated. Wrestling fans are stupid. And wrestling fans don't matter. You know, I mean, let's be honest here. The WWE was hoping they were going to get this big TV contract. They didn't. TNA is a shell of an of a company that anybody would even care about who's not a wrestling fan. I don't know who's going to give them. Maybe they will get a deal, but they're not going to get a deal that's worth money that they could actually pay anybody. I think the idea of them trying to resign a Kurt Angle, it's great for, you know, maybe for morale, getting a bully ready to come back. But how are you going to afford this? You're going to have to get guys who are going to be making, you know, $75 a pop just, just to wrestle everybody else. I think the issue comes down to, and you know, I've been thinking about this. I don't mean to disparage wrestling fans because I am one, you are one, and we do this show for for wrestling fans and hope that they enjoy us. But you know, I, I'm on a couple of, of of forums and I'm on Twitter, you know, and this whole thing about what many wrestling fans are and why, how they're stereotyped. You know, there is some truth to there is some truth to this. To, to advertisers and what advertisers think of what wrestling fans are. And that's why a million people who watch the NBA or watch the NFL or watch English Premier League soccer are different than a million people who watch wrestling. They just are. Uh, they just are. But that being said, Corey, still a million people. You can still promote terrible horror movies and McDonald's and Subway $5 footlongs. And things like, I mean, there's still a market. Oh, now I'm starving. <laughs> there is, so am I, actually. There is absolutely a market for having, you know, f- for the wrestling fan. So to me, that they, you know, the fact they have a million, and, and you know, we've also heard and, you know, just read this, that, you know, some people feel, you know, Spike, one of the things, one of the things that networks are kind of struggling with is why Spike is basically giving up on TNA because they do average a million people. Why are they looking at it as the, you know, redheaded stepchild, so to speak? And networks are kind of questioning why that's the case with TNA. You know, their leadership's been questioned, things like that. So I don't know, Corey. In the next seven days, we're supposed to get a deal. Now, let me ask you this, percentage chance, to kind of, kind of wrap some of this up here. What's the percentage chance, in your view, that TNA, when we talk this time next week, that TNA will have a new TV contract anywhere. It could be on YouTube, but they have a new TV contract somewhere. What do you think the percentage chances are? 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 
Okay. The, the boy, the boy who cried wolf. Some, at By some way, point, this beer is outstanding. Drinking this peak organic pale ale. Oh my god, it's awesome. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. If you want to sponsor the podcast uh, beer, <laughs> we're more than happy to go and uh, drink your beer. This beer's fantastic. 30, 30, <laughs> you say thirty percent, and I think that's being generous. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the good old classic fifty fifty. I mean, Corey, if you want, we could do some trading place places and put sweet dollar action on it. But I say they gotta have a deal done, and you say they don't have a deal done. All right, sweet dollar action TNA at this time next week. There will be no announcement. We'll get an announcement. It'll be that a deal will be coming shortly. That's what we'll get. We'll get an announcement saying on Twitter, Dixie Carter, deal is coming shortly. That's what I will. I will most likely. All right, sweet dollar action. There's no deal. Uh, yeah, and I'm saying that there's a deal. There probably won't be, but I like gambling, so that's why I'm doing this. Um, I'm still saying fifty-fifty. I mean. They've got to figure this out, Corey. It is October. They don't have any uh, tapings done after, what, November 18th? So what the hell are they going to do with this show? Actually, actually bring that up. People are trained like monkeys to watch a show at this time, which is why I told you the whole Thursday thing was a disaster, which is not going well, but whatever. They are trained to watch a show at this time, and they're watching – What's happening with Bobby Lashley? What's happening? And that's not to, by the way, not to disparage wrestling fans saying the trend monkeys. I'm saying for, you know, scandals on at 10 o'clock or whatever, you know, at 9 o'clock. Grey's Anatomy's on at 8 o'clock. Whatever these shows are on, you know, um, they move, you know, whatever the parenthood's on at 10 o'clock on Thursday. Whatever show is on at this time, that's what they, you know, so we're trained to watch these shows at this time. Especially, there's a lot of, you know, we have DVR and stuff. A lot of people that don't have DVR. They watch the show when they watch the show, right? So, whatever. You're trained to watch this show. So, we're trained to say, hey, Bobby Lashley, what's happening with him? Bobby Roode, what's happening with him? And then you turn on the show, and it's like the best of TNA, which I don't even know what the best of TNA. I don't even know what they put in that slot. Um, so, what's going to happen? Are people going to come back if we've got the best of TNA for a month and a half? Uh. Even if they get a TV deal, if they get a TV deal but can't start until January, we've got the best of TNA for a month and a half. I mean, it may not be that long because you, they may not have episodes on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. But uh, Dave Meltzer brought that up on uh, the law this past uh, week that they, they straight out, the, uh, I believe it was uh, John Pollock who asked him, what are they going to do? And he said that as far as he's heard, there are no more tapings, and for that month or so, they can do, like you said, best of shows. And I think, you know what, you may be able to pull a rating one week, maybe if you have the best of the X Division or, you know, the best of the tag team matches. But you know what, after a week or two of that, I'm sorry. I'm not seeing something new and don't see hope of seeing something new. I'm gone. And you know what, I, I, I was I one of those guys who... Of, I think that's where most people are. Why would you sit there and watch the best of? I'll buy a DVD. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Why am I going to watch this old shit that happened years ago? And you could say, well, that's the network or whatever. But I think it's a little different. Um, I, I think TNA's history is not rich. I think it's fraught with a lot of issues, as we've seen. And I don't think that it's like if, you know, Raw wasn't on and they showed the best of WrestleMania. It's a little different. 
The best of Bound for Glory? Come on. <laughs> they, they could have uh, whatever these bootleg matches were on this week. And, and by the way, yes, we talk about WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Our show, our show, kind of was started with the road to WrestleMania. You know, our show started right before Royal Rumble, which is basically the road to WrestleMania. And we basically talked about WrestleMania for four months or whatever it was. Okay. And I think those were some of our best shows. We had. TNA's WrestleMania, and we've had, been doing this podcast, God knows how long we've been here, an hour or so, an hour and change. And we have not mentioned Bound for Glory at all. We haven't mentioned it at all. I didn't even watch the goddamn show. I did not watch the show. I read, the, I read what happened, whatever. And Jason Powell basically said, there's no reason to watch the show. It was fine. No reason to watch it. I mean, come on. Ridiculous. <laughs> so I, this is their WrestleMania. We do a wrestling podcast. We don't do a football podcast or a baseball podcast. We literally do a professional wrestling podcast, and we did not mention the the biggest show for the second biggest company in North America. It's unbelievable. Uh, true. I wound up watching, you know, I watched the show afterwards in whatever way I wound up watching it. Nobody needs to know how. Um, I thought it was an okay show. I mean, I thought there was some good stuff, but it was a glorified house show. That's what it was. And if it was, just like we say with Raw every week, if it was a two-hour show, I think it would have been a better show. I mean, I thought there was some decent stuff on there. But at no point did I feel like I was watching a show that I needed to watch. I... Really think it's hurt by the idea. I know you don't read spoilers. I haven't read them as much as I, I used to. But you know what? There's a good point of the people who actually do watch TNA. Knew that, you know, certain things couldn't happen because of, you know, things are taped for later on. Um, I thought, you know, Samoa Joe, uh, Kazayashi, low-key match I thought was pretty damn good. I enjoyed what I saw out of EC3. I thought some of the stuff was good. But it was um, it was just something that was there. It was something that I believe, you know, by the time I'm done with this podcast today, I'm not going to ever think about it again. I mean, you could say that about a lot of the WWE programming right now, but that's not their biggest event of the year. And I think the idea of them having a TV deal, the idea of a lot of guys not being under contract, not knowing what was going on, this could have been a much better card. I mean, it turned out to be a decent show in ring, you know, some good stuff here and there. But when half the guys in the company that matter, contracts are either up or they weren't healthy enough to work, you got problems. And that's what happened there. You know, Jeff Hardy wasn't on the show. I don't know if his contract's done, but uh, Davey Richards was hurt. And Eddie, Eddie Edwards said on the Busted Open podcast on Sirius XM Radio that they weren't on the show because they were for health concerns. They didn't want to go and, you know, have Davey get hurt again. If that, but you know, if that's the fact, you don't have them defending the titles on shows that happen after this, when he was already hurt. And I'm just going to give two seconds of credit. I don't know if you ever watched it, but that full metal, full metal mayhem match that they had this past week. Oh, it was, it was not. I mean, it was nuts. It was one of the best matches of the year uh, for US TV matches. Thought it was great. But you know what? When I watched uh, TNA this past week, I saw some stuff saying you know the pay per view was coming, but. I kind of part of it until uh, Jay asked me, and uh, I'm not going to say exactly what he asked, but 
he kind of asked, how can I watch the pay-per-view? And for a second, I was like, oh, that's right. Bound for Glory is on tonight. I totally forgot. I wound up watching it because, you know, I'm obsessed and I watch everything if I could find it. But it was a, it was a, you know, it was a show. I mean, I'll give the, I'll give the fans of Japan credit. They actually appeared to know what was going on with the product. They weren't dead. There was a full house. It was only, I think, like, but two, 2,000 people or something that to fill uh, Corrigan Hall. So, I mean, it looked lively. The people, you know, it wasn't like the Japanese fans having no idea who was there. So, I mean, I'll give them credit on that. But it was a forgettable show. And if they don't have a TV deal in the next seven days and I win a, win a buck, that will be sad for them. But honestly, at this point, if TNA isn't, isn't in business... On January 7th, when uh, I guess they supposedly are going to do another, do a live show from the Manhattan Center. I guess Dixie Carter has made that, has said that in certain places. That doesn't happen. At this point, I don't care. I really don't care anymore. I, They have taken all of my passion, has gone away. I don't know why we even, I don't know why we should talk about TNA anymore on this show. I think if CM Punk decides that, he wants to be paid like, you know, Hulk Hogan was in TNA and he wants to take their money just for the hell of it. We'll talk about CM Punk signing. They make a TV deal, we'll, we'll mention it. But honestly, why should I care anymore? I don't care. I'm putting a TNA freeze on this podcast until they do something that makes me either angry enough to care or they do something that's relevant. You don't want to watch the show every week. And you're like, hey, did you, Jason, did you watch the show this week? Guess what? You don't want to. You always put it all over to me. I'm reformed. I am okay. going cold turkey. You will tell me. I will still listen to a podcasts that you know talk about just because you know I find listening to podcasts interesting. And if someone says something is incredible, maybe I'll try to find it. I am taking it off the DVR after the show's over. You're I'm taking done. it off the DVR. I'm done. I am done. They they have given me no reason to care. I know from hearing other shows and different things that every title will change at some point. So you know what? There's no who gives a damn. If you're if you're not under contract, you don't you won't have your title much longer. We all know that. Why do I care? Do, will there maybe be a great match before the tapings? You know, before this, we go to best of shows. Maybe I'll find it on YouTube or Daily Motion or somewhere else. Maybe I'll go and go on my free on demand. Maybe it'll be on there. The show, and I'll try to watch it. But unless I hear something fantastic, or there's a deal in this next seven days, this is a TNA free zone. I think if I actually remember, I'm taking off the idea of when I on our thing when we say two, you know, two non-professionals talking professional wrestling about WWE, and when TNA and ROH, you know, say, do something important, we'll talk about them. Then I'm just going to write ROH, and I'm going to add the word New Japan Pro Wrestling because I am done with TNA. TNA does not deserve my time anymore. I am done. All right. Okay. All right. That's all right. I really, really hope I win this dollar. (laughs) 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 But uh, before we get out of here and do our plug, one last thing. I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, if you find a way to see it. I know it's going to be hard to the fact that Ustream doesn't carry the pay per views, the iPay per views anymore. (laughs) But if you can figure out a way streaming, go to you know Google and write in. New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, uh, I forgot what the name, King of King of uh, Pro Wrestling, I think was the name of the event. You could find the 1013 show. I thought it was a really good show for what I've seen so far. 
We have crowned our 61st uh, IWGP uh, champion. Hiroshi Tanahashi has won the title back. It was uh, basically a year to the date from when he lost it to Okada. He beat AJ Styles, a 27 or 28-minute really good match. He had another match for the junior heavy uh, junior tag team champions with the Young Bucks versus the Forever Hooligans and Kajita. Uh, who is it? Um, the Time Splitters with uh, Alex Shelley. Really good match. Ishii had another really good match. I mean, I would if I could find it, I would go out of my way to try to see this show. I know it's a long experience. I think it will help you get ready for the Tokyo Dome show, which will be on pay-per-view in America. I thought it was a really good show. I think people should try to see it. And when we get off the show, I will <clears throat> share the link that I had with Jay so he can watch it and enjoy you know, some of the stuff that I saw. But really good show. And if it was on in America, that would be the, that would be the number two. I understand as long as it's not an English commentary, it would hurt. But that would be my number two product out there. Screw, sc- screw with that. That company that we shall not name, because it's done in my opinion. But New Japan Pro Wrestling I'm is not, tremendous. I'm not even naming it. That's interesting. It's gone. WWE doesn't re- recognize Brock Lesnar. I don't recognize uh, nonstop shit talking, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. Wow. Impact. Wow. Impact. Wow. Crap. You're cursing about it too. They're done in my opinion. I am done. I don't care about them. I've moved on. I don't. I don't know Japanese. I'm not going to go out of the way to learn how to learn with, learn Japanese. But New Japan Pro Wrestling, if I could find it in its own ways, I'm going to watch it. ROH has their pay-per-view final battle coming up in New York. We have another NXT taping. We have TLC. We've got other pay-per-views before and after. Oh, is that the December pay-per-view? Yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Has it been TLC for that long? A couple of years, I guess, now. But um, Wow, they changed so much. I don't know. But like I said, if people can, they should definitely check out New Japan Pro Wrestling. G1 again this year was really good. All right, all right, all right. New Japan, great. All right, on to the plugs. I'm, I'm cutting you off here. <laughs> on Twitter, at WorkShootPod, that's how you get a hold of me. Corey's on there sometimes. Paladin 808. More often. Paladin 808. Paladin 808. Paladin 808. No one gives a shit about your Twitter. Pod. that's uh, that's our pod. Uh, that's our Twitter. Um, you can go to our uh, podcast, our website, WorkShoot.Podomatic.com. That's WorkShoot.Podomatic.com. You can go to uh, iTunes and find us on the WorkShoot Wrestling Podcast. The WorkShoot Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. Thank you for anyone who reviews us. Please review us. Give us two stars, one star, five stars if you like what you hear. And also our sponsor, which is Punch.co. P-U-N-C.co. www.punc.co. .co. Uh, they have a lot of t-shirts, a lot of cool things to freshen up your wardrobe. Um, they're coming out with new things toward, um, you know, to round out the year. So look out for that. That's P-U-N-C.co. If you like any of the items, you can uh, check out, you type in uh, capital letter SHOOT, S-H-O-O-T. So that's SHOOT at checkout, and you get 15% off. Um, guys, if you want to support our podcast, Please go to that. We don't make any money off this, uh, clearly. So please go to our sponsor, punc.co. Check out the shirts if you like anything. Um, when you go to checkout, type in SHOOT, all in caps, for 15% off. Very nicely done. Um, the usual stuff. 
check out uh, morinslaw.com with our buddy Christopher Morin. Uh, check out all the great work that the guys at ProWrestling.net do with Jason Powell, Zach Zimmerman, Chris Shore, who we've all had on the show. Check out, you know, Death of WCW with Brian Alvarez, which you can get uh, tomorrow in, in bookstores. And, uh, of course, you know, go to Kickstarter to help out Michael Kingston. He's got 21 days left, and he's about, I think, about 4,000 and change short of his goal. So it looks like he's going to get there, but can use all the help that he can get to keep up his great project. And, um, you know, like I said, check out all the wrestling you can. WWE, TNA, oh, I feel dirty by saying that. ROH, you know, those aren't the only things out there. If you look for stuff, you'll find it. There's a lot of great stuff out there. If it's if you guys want us to talk about it, you know, go on the Workshoot pod or Paladin808, both on Twitter, let us know. And you know what? We'll continue bringing you this great product. For Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. And for once again, this is the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Jason, you have anything to say to the audience before we go? See ya.